Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Empowered Life Podcast, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially and live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizek. All right, so excited to have you here in the Empowered Life Podcast. Lisa Pizek here, and today I'm so excited to have with you my good old husband. Eric <laughs> Pizek is here with us, and we want to talk about a topic that we get asked all the time. And I think everyone thinks we are like the expert power couple. We have it all figured out. Life is perfect. We've never struggled. We've never had, you know, breakdowns in communication and arguments and all these sorts of things. And of course we have. Now we do pretty darn good in terms of I have never been more happy to be working with my husband in all areas of my life. Now, for some people, that kind of relationship, it ain't their jam. For us, it is. We do business together. You know, obviously we have a little guy together. We grew a family together. Uh, we love being married to each other. We're each other's best friends. We tell each other everything. We have huge open lines of communication and trust, but we want to really break down that myth of what exactly is a power couple. Because the first thing that I think you probably think of when you hear the words power couple or, oh, they're a power couple, is all around money, right? Like the man and the woman, they both make it the money, and they're both amazing, and they're like a power couple that's just crushing it and living, you know, the highball lifestyle, and they're ballers, they're just like crushing everything in life. And we actually have a very different take about what it means to be a power couple. And we're going to break that down. So first though, Eric, thanks for being here with me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I know, right? Eric's usually the behind the scenes guy in my business. I always say that I'm the front side and the front face of my business. I love video. I love camera. Um, I love being the face of the products and the, you know, the, in the, the courses and my coaching programs and even this podcast and the whole bit. Um, but what y'all don't know is that how it all comes to life and gets put out there is my good old husband who's behind the scenes. He's my tech guy. He helps me with marketing. Um, he calms me the heck down when I want to smash the computer because things don't work the way that it should. So he is the voice of reason there. So, so happy to have you, Eric, on the front side of things for once and here with me. So we actually, uh, we just launched a business mastermind together and I make him uh, be on all the videos with me and we co-teach and you're getting much more better, uh, you know, on the camera and much more comfortable. So, so let's bust down this whole idea of a power couple. So Eric, what do you think when you hear the term power couple, what comes to mind for you? Uh, what used to come to mind or what comes to mind now? What used to come to mind when yeah. you heard power couple? I, I envision this couple who, you know, has become kind of the upper class, uh, you know, living the dream, having the, the, you know, having the big fancy car, the big fancy house and, you know, making a ton of money and going to work in their suit and coming home, you know, late at night and just, 
living the high life mm-hmm. and showing this facade, if you will, what I think it's a facade of, you know, the, the, the life that's unattainable to most. So for me, that's kind of what I would say is a power couple. And it's, it's not just the one, it's both. It's the, the female and the male role or, you know, if they're, um, you know, same gender or whatever, um, just both of them crushing it and, and leading that life of kind of surpassing the normalities of life and what we all kind of strive towards in terms of professional freedom or professional echelons and the higher class. Mm-hmm. And teach his own baby. Cause if you're like, okay, me and my husband or me and my wife, we are power couples and we do make a million dollars a year and we do live in the house, you know, the fancy house and we drive the fancy car and our kids go to the private school. And that's awesome. If you're happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the piece that we miss is that at what sacrifice does that come? Because sometimes you don't see the peeled back layers of what's really going on in people's lives. And if you're happy, amazing, then we love that term power couple and you're rocking it and you've got all the fancy things and your marriage and your life is rock solid and your health is solid and you haven't sacrificed anything in the process to come into that power. Because I think there's a little bit of an addiction, I think, to that high class, high, high life, keeping up with the Benjamins, you know, kind of thing. I think there could be an addiction to chasing those external things that make you happy. Again, I want to caveat that by saying external things can absolutely make you happy. And there's nothing wrong with wanting external things. But if they're not making you happy, then what is it worth? Now, for me, a common question that I get a lot of times is like, how the hell do you do it all? How do you run a business, be a mom, coach women, take care of your own health? Um, You know, a lot of you know that I, every year, like twice a year, usually January and July, I set a big, hairy, scary fitness goal for myself. Yeah, sometimes I run a 5K, I did a fitness competition. It's like, how do you have all these personal goals plus professional goals plus keep your sanity in the process? And what I always tell people is I have a team. And that number one person on my team is my husband because you help me, honey. A lot of times, most times you do all the behind the scenes stuff that nobody knows about and tell them a little bit about the behind the scenes stuff that you do that helps me be that front face and that forward face in my business. Well, yeah, in business specifically, I, I help you build out any, any of your program programs and products and services. Um, you know, I helped Lisa develop her identity with her logos, um, any of her, you know, uh, marketing pieces that she needs. If she has, you know, launching a program, there's a lot that goes into that. There's, you know, the, she'll write out the content, give it to me, but then I got to put it together to bring it to life online or in print. Uh, there's a lot of PDFs that she needs to create for her programs that a lot of you have probably done. Um, those have likely touched my hands and have been you know, blessed to get into your hands through Lisa. And for me, you know, after the business hours, I help Lisa every night, you know, every night it's, Oh, you know what? I got to do this tonight. That's cool. You know, I'll take care of Oliver. I'll cook. I'm, I'm pretty much 99% of the cook in the family, Mm. you know, and, um, you know, God bless Lisa does love to cook, but she doesn't have 
uh, necessarily all the time. So I will take on the roles and, 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 you know, cook as much as I can and do dishes and laundry and vacuum and clean up and bath all over. I'm a very involved dad. Um, and I'm proud to say that I'm proud to say that I don't care if I need to watch Oliver all night, I'll do it. Um, and I, and I realized that in the flip side of that, there can be a lot of times I know early on and, you know, with me and Lisa and building our businesses and more so Lisa, when she started to really build hers for me, um, there was, there was sometimes a little bit of jealousy, right? It's like, well, I'm watching Oliver, but you're building your brand. You're building your business. I could be doing that too. And I think having two entrepreneurs and building out a power couple, if you will, is more than just the business side, mm-hmm. you know, without me helping you in the background and you helping me when I need your help there, I think either both of our brands would suffer. And for me, in terms of my, you know, what I do for you business side, um, whatever I have to do, <laughs> whatever you need me to do is what I'll do. Yeah. And I think you brought up a really awesome point in that, we are two entrepreneurs living under one roof, working together, but we are at very different places in our business. We are not two entrepreneurs starting from the ground up, building it like in our crazy build years. Like you were already an established entrepreneur and you already built it and you're still building and you're still growing and you're still optimizing and things are always going to evolve and change with both of us. But for me, this past year has been a crazy build year for me. And that's why things have been the way they are. That's why it's like we are actively building my business right now, which is why I am doing late night calls some nights. Um, you know, there's boundaries. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, people are probably like, oh, does she ever like bath her kid or does she ever? Oh my goodness, yes. Like, don't make it sound like, you know, I don't want to make, I don't want people to think that I'm just building my business and I'm neglecting all these other areas of my life because that's not the case. There's very clear boundaries around, around family time, work time, all of that. But you have been able to pick up those other areas that I've been able to let go of because I'm, I'm in a build year, I'm building my business. And I think that's so important when you do have two entrepreneurs or you do have somebody, it might not even be building a business, but it's going for a certain health goal or a promotion at work or building something new or going after a cause you love or just something you really feel that this is your time to maximize this sucker. You've got to communicate and say, it's not going to be like this forever. But right now, this is my focus. So I need some help in terms of X, Y, and Z. And as women, we have such a hard time asking for help. And a lot of times, we don't have supportive. There's a lot of women that don't have supportive husbands that will pick up the slack and do those things and really work together as a team. So what makes you... um, What made you get on board and be so willing to be like, cool, babe, I'll go back, Oliver. It's no big deal. Like, I'll put away that laundry. I'll cook dinner. I'll do this. I'll do that. Like, I'm not even talking, like, business-wise. I know you do a crap ton for me business-wise. But in terms of just the day-to-day, how we run our life, um, you know, that could have gone very bad. You could have been like, no, I'm not, like, I'm not doing that. Like, I got my own crap I got to do. I'm not doing that. So what do you think made the change for you that you're like, ain't no thing. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I got this. Uh, one word, happiness. Mm. So I think 
you know, realizing that just because you set a career path, um, like you personally, just because you set a career path doesn't mean that that's the path that's, that's going to allow you to be happy long-term. And, you know, I know we had that getting personal, you know, we had that one real hard weekend where a lot of truths came out about the path you're on Mm -hmm. and the path that you were going with your full-time job versus the path you want to take to your, your future. And it was that weekend for me that really made me realize that, you know, this, this isn't just you. It's, it's us. It's Oliver. It's our family. It's our friends. And if I, if there's one thing in life that I decided when I married you to do was to help you achieve whatever you wanted to achieve as much as I could help you do that. And that weekend was when I switched and it made me realize this is your passion. This is your future. This is where you want to go. No different than, you know, if, if I met you when you were deciding to become a nurse and go to college, right? I would have supported you then. I would have said, okay, let's figure it out. That's what you want to do with your life. Let's do it and just figure it out. And a little backstory about me and Lisa, for anybody listening that doesn't know our story, we had our struggles. You know, Lisa came from the United States. I'm I'm from Canada, and I don't want to get into the full story, but we had so many moments in our first six years of dating and getting married that would have crushed people, Mm -hmm. literally crushed them to the point where they would have said, no hell's way am I going through this. Mm-hmm. And when that happens to you and then you realize what true happiness is about and when you decide that life with that other person for, for me was you and that growth potential that you have together, that's what made me just change to realize, you know what, I need to do whatever I can physically possibly do. Yeah, there's nights where, oh my God, am I done? Am I spent? And it's just, you, you got to go back to that moment, that moment of, you know, but there's happiness on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think to me, like you just totally nailed it in terms of like that to me needs power couple, yeah. like a couple that is willing to struggle together, but stay together. A couple that's willing to put happiness over everything else. Right. Cause you know, I think a lot of times people say, well, how do I get my husband to support me? How do I get my husband to understand, you know, that I'm building a business or I'm, I want to change careers or I want to, you know, take a different road or I want to do, I want to go back to work if I'm a stay at home mom. Like if I want to toss out that norm of what things you think things have to be, and those labels that we give ourselves, it's like, how do I get them to understand that? And I think you nailed it perfectly when you said happiness. That was literally what I said to you. And that, you know, some of the air talked about that weekend that we had, and that's what it was. I just was so upset. And so like, I just couldn't put on the happy face anymore. I couldn't power through it because that was kind of like a theme for me in my life it's like we get caught in that just grin and bear it and just power through it and this is just the way things need to be and you know I literally said to Eric like I wake up every day and I feel so conflicted I feel so unhappy I feel so upset that I'm not living my life's work and going after my dreams and I feel like I'm being held back I feel like I'm playing small. I feel like I'm just not happy in my life. And 
I think I literally even said to you, I was like, do you want to have an unhappy wife? Like, do you want to be married to an unhappy person? Because that is the person that I am right now. And I think like you said, that was kind of the, the deciding, like, how did you answer that when I said, like, when I said that to you? Yeah. Well, I said, yeah, I, we have to change that. Mm-hmm. We, we have to change that because it's both of us. Yeah. And that's where many men I think will say, all right, you want to go back to work, go back to work. You want to do this, go do that. You want to go, you know, I'm not trying to generalize, generalize, but you know, if you're stuck in that where your husband just isn't hearing you or your wife just isn't hearing you change the way you say it, frame the feeling because that's what it wasn't. We, we were arguing. Eric and I were arguing a lot because I was like, my business isn't here yet. And I haven't reached this goal and we haven't done this. And once I get this, like blah, 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 totally different conversation of finger pointing and not hitting goals and not hitting success markers, then I'm just really freaking unhappy. And it's spilling over into me as a mom, me as a wife, me as a friend, me as, you know, a business owner. I'm not happy. And how can we fix that together, right? So frame the feeling that you're feeling, that you're missing out on, or or that you're feeling. And I think, you know, people can wrap their head around that. I think you were able to wrap your head around the fact when I was like, things need to change, I'm not happy, as opposed to, wow, we didn't reach this goal in business, right? Like just a different kind of feeling. And, you know, when I think power couple, you know, we have a little guy. And... To me, it's like, how does he see us as his parents? And what's, what do you think about that, Eric? Like, what's so important for you for how Oliver sees us? Oliver's our little guy. He's almost four. Crazy little toddler. Love it, for me, it's, it's just showing up, you know. Um, we went to uh, High Performance Academy. And the last time we went, I remember um, when we came back, we just said, you know, we have to show up. And, and if we're down, don't show that we're down, you know, because that affects everyone around you. And, you know, yeah, it's not easy. You know, yeah, there's mornings where I wake up and I'm just utterly exhausted and we go to pick up Oliver and it's, oh man, like I have so much work to do or, oh man, I still got to cook. I got to take all the garbage. But I think when you think about the innocence of someone like your son or your daughter or your kids, you have to stop, stop that emotion because they don't get that. You know, I, I, I don't think we've ever said to Oliver, we can't because we have to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, we, again, to framing the conversation, like you said, I think with Oliver, I treat Oliver exactly who he is. You know, he's a little three and a half little boy. And when I talk to him, I make sure that I stop myself and I think, how do I explain this to a three and a half year old boy? I can't say to him piss off kid I gotta go take out the garbage right it's like no you know what daddy's got some stuff he's got to do I gotta take out the garbage do you want to help me mm-hmm. and then I involve him and I think we're really good at being parents at involving Oliver in our life instead of having to say no let me do this then I'll give you some attention mm-hmm. right so I think for us you know if it comes down to the way we reflect on Oliver and how we you know, make him part of our power couple life. I, I think we're a power family, not a power couple. 
Yeah. And it's, it, it comes, I mean, I don't like to use the word like win and lose because some people have like different emotions about that. But if we can, if you can bear with me here for a minute, when I say the word win, that's what it is to me. It's like, how do we all win? How do we create a win, win, a win for me, a win for you, a win for Oliver, right? Like you always have to frame that. How do we all win together? You got to take out the garbage. You're watching him so I can host a mastermind call. You got to take out the garbage. He loves to be a helper. You ask him to come and help you. Win, win, win for everyone, right? Then I get off my call. I go up, I make sure I bath him and put him to bed while you go do whatever the heck you have to do. Or we know for that moment, we have these like non-negotiables in our, in our life. And like dropping him off at school is a non-negotiable. We both do that. Putting him to bed at night, kissing him goodnight is a non-negotiable. We both do that. And it's like, you have to set as a power couple, meaning that you both got crap going on. Both of us, both Eric and I could work. 24 seven because we're busy, we're successful and we love what we do. So it doesn't feel like work. You could work 24 seven. We both could, but we set these non-negotiables. We go on family vacations and we don't work when we're on family vacations. Like these are the non-negotiables that we have set in our life as a family. And as a couple, this is what we do. This is what we do. So we don't do. So I think you have to set in your relationship, what are your non-negotiables? Like, I won't book a call where I have to take a call where I can't kiss him. I won't book a call at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night when I know that's his bedtime. I might do it before it. I might do it after it, but I'm there for bedtime. I won't book a call when I drop him off for school. I won't book an appointment then. And you don't, and you, you're the same, right? You know this is our time Three to four o'clock when he gets home from school, that hour, that's our bonding time. That's our family time. So we talk about the day, we plan dinner, you know, we do all of that. It's like, I'm not taking calls between three and four o'clock. Now that's not to say that we are perfect all the time and that conflicts don't happen. Sometimes they do, but we have our pillar non-negotiables in our life that we know. And I think that makes us a power couple because then there's no question about where our focus should be. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's that 90%, right. Mm -hmm. You strive for a hundred, but man, today, if you can make it to that 90%, you're doing damn good. Mm -hmm. Like Oliver sees us as, as us, us as a family us, right? Um, Okay, now I do want to talk about something that is kind of a sensitive topic, I think, for a lot of men, um, and maybe women. What about when the woman becomes the primary moneymaker? So a lot of my business brings in significant income. And we've been able to do a lot with my income that has come in and that extra income. And we've been, we've been, we've been able to go to high performance Academy and different opportunities and things from masterminds and growth conferences and things that I've been involved in. Um, but a lot of men are not okay with the woman being the moneymaker. I mean, we both bring in income. We are both, again, if you want to talk about, if we're going to go back to that old school definition of power couple, we're both entrepreneurs. We both bring in money. Our, both of our incomes help us live a life that we love. But some men have a real problem with that old school mentality of like, I got to bring home the bacon. The woman's got to be in the kitchen. And sometimes when the tables are turned, when the woman makes more money, and there were some times in our relationship when I did make more money than you, what 
what were your thoughts about that? And how were you okay with me when the tables were turned for a little bit? I think it's silly. I think who makes more money, who doesn't make more money is just, it's silly and downright stupid. Money, money serves, it's, it has one purpose and that's, you know, finances. Mm-hmm. I think it's more important that for us, what we do is talk about money, what money's coming in. It's not about, Oh yeah, but you, you're going to bring in this amount next pay. And then I'm going to bring in that. No, it's like, this is our money. What do we need to do? What do we want to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, Hey, I mean, for me, in terms of like, if you look at who brings in more money, the simplest way is it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because you're both going to decide where you're going to spend it or you should be anyway. Maybe you both don't, but you should, you both should decide, do we need a new car? Okay. What's your next question? What can we afford? Mm-hmm. Well, where does that come from? Your bank account. That's it. There's money. Does, do, am I going back to you and saying, well, well, hey, you make more money than I do. Maybe you should go buy a Porsche for us, <laughs> right? No, it's like, hey, money is money. I'm, I have a different skew. I have a view of money, and that's, you know what, money serves its purpose, and that's to pay the bills, and that's to make us happy uh, in terms of, you know, things we want in life. But at the same time, money is also one of the root of all evils. There's two things that I find in life that can really go downhill quickly, and that's family and money. Those two things, they're non-negotiables and that they'll never change. So for me, relating it back to who makes more money means absolutely nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. I agree. And it goes back to that overarching theme we keep going back to in the power couple is that it's we, how do we, what do we want to do with our money? Yeah. Because we live our life together and experience our life together. For some people, they do live very separate lives. For some people, they do have my money, your money. But I think we both came to that same understanding when we got married that our money was our money. There was no my money, your money, this money, that money. You know, and, and again, to each his own, some people, that's the life. That's, you know, everyone's relationship they need to define the terms that they want for their relationship. But I think we don't fight about money. There's never been arguments in our marriage about money. I think it's because we don't see it as my money, your money. Mm-hmm. We see it as this is the money we brought in this month. Yeah, this month you might have brought in more than me. And next month I might have brought in more than you. But it's our money collective. And what do we want to do with that money? How do we want to use that money? And it's our it's, it's our money right there is no my money your money this money that money so I know as you said I think money is a big thing that people argue about in their marriage and we've never had that pissing match of who makes more money who's sometimes you hear that like stay-at-home mom stay-at-home dad role reversal we just kind of blend it all in our relationship like we're both stay-at-home mom and dad we're both entrepreneurs Like we're both like, you know what I mean? We both make money. Both are homemakers. We both share the responsibilities. We both are parents. We both are active. All those roles that we have in our life, like we own them all. We share them. I don't think there's like that delegation of me versus, well, something. I don't take out the garbage. I don't really ever like (laughs) But, you know, there's some things that I think, you know, we share. It's like a shared 
responsibility. And I think a lot of times that's where couples get in trouble, right? Because it's like, well, I do this and you do this and I do that. And, you know, I don't think it should be that. I think it should be a shared, that to me is a power couple. It's like, this is the shit that has to get done today. How are we going to do that? That's basically how we start like every single day together, right? It's like, we're like, this is the crap that has to get done today. Who's doing what? Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Awesome. And I think that, and I think that exact same thing can be said about money. Mm. These are the bills that have to be paid today. What can we pay? Mm -hmm. Right. Or we want to save for this big trip next year. What do we have to save? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Now, in terms of a, a single woman, a woman who hasn't found her dude yet, hasn't found the one, what do you think are things that women need to be looking for in men to get a guy like you? Because people are always like, Oh my God, Lisa, you're so freaking blessed. Like you have an amazing husband. And I'm like, yes, I know. Because I knew what I was looking for in a man. I knew the values. And again, it goes back to that feelings and that emotions that were really important to me. I wanted a man who was, or who is, you are, I say wanted, I have. I have a man who is reliable, who is loving, who is trustworthy, who is value driven, who's old school. You're like old school, humble, amazing gentleman that would give the shirt off your back to anyone. You have an incredible respect for women. You have an understanding for women. You, you do put me first. You put our family first. Um, you know, I want an intelligent man who was driven and had goals and, you know, I didn't care, like, which is like you said, you were from Canada. I was from the U.S. We had this horrific long-term relationship in terms of like our love was rock solid, but all the things we, you know, all the external factors were a nightmare, but I didn't care. Because I was like, I know how I feel when I'm with you. And I know the feelings of what our life will be like together and what our life is together. So that's kind of what drove me to go, okay, whatever. This is like hell, but we'll get through it together. We'll be stronger than ever. Um, What do you think women should be looking for in men? What's important if they haven't found their soulmate yet? They haven't found the other piece of their power couple yet. What should they be looking for? That's nearly impossible to answer. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm not setting you up to fail. No, I think, well, to what sum that questions should they be asking? Questions should be asking? Well, yeah. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I cut you off. Yeah, I mean, to sum it up into one thing, I think you have to look, you have to look for someone, find someone who just can't live without you. You have to find someone like that. You're there. You become their world, right? Um, you know, and when, and it just, it just, it cascades, right? Like when we first met, it was, you know, these things worked and these things were amazing. And then it just kept getting better and better and better. There was, there was no red flags that came up in our relationship that made me run. Right. And same, I would hope the same for you. So for me, I think you got to watch, you got to watch the red flags. Mm-hmm. And if they come up, it doesn't mean you have to run, but I think if they come up, 
you better stop them in their tracks and make sure that you bring that to that person's attention. Mm-hmm. You know, like for you, you know, me being in Canada, it was a red flag, but we nipped it in the bud right away. You know, I mean, I went to the point where I literally went to see a lawyer and it was like, okay, this is our situation. Is this even going to work? And I think that's one of the things for me, if, you know, a woman's looking for a man nowadays, it's just, yeah, watch out for the red flags and make sure that that person just can't live without you. But not like, not like obsessive. Yeah, I'm going to say, don't take that the wrong way. Yeah, not the obsessive way. I'm saying like the, (laughs) like you're, you become their life, right? Like you're very, very important in their life. I seize you. And even that, I mean, you could, you could test that theory too. I mean, you know, hey we work through this ourselves, like plan, plan the girl's weekend, mm-hmm. right? And see if that guy loves you enough and respects you enough to let you do that. But at the same time is like, okay, but when you get back Sunday, we're going out for a date. Mm-hmm. We're spending time together. Like that's what we do, right? Like Lisa will go away for girls weekend. It's like, okay, but you're coming home Sunday and it's our time. We're spending time together. And that's important because you don't want the flip side where it's like, all right, great. Are you going to go for a week maybe? Yeah, I think it's important that you never stop dating your spouse. You never stop dating. You never get out of that. And we did. Yeah. We did. And it's so important, you know, in terms of power couple, that we strategy where even when we're talking about money, like our money, like see, it's like our goals. I can remember coming back from High Performance Academy and you know, we get challenged in that. It's like, what's the one thing you need to change by the end of the year? Not the seven things you want to change. Like, what's that one thing? And for some people, it's business or it's their health. Like, for me, I was like, and we by no means have a bad marriage, but I was like, I need to focus on my marriage. Like, we don't, we stopped dating each other. We stopped spending, we got so busy in building businesses and raising our little guy and just keeping up with the day to day that uh, we hired a, uh, we had babysitters, we had people to clean our house. Like we had to delegate and do a little bit of role, like looking at our roles to be able to say, we need to date each other again. We need to spend that time together. We need to get that connection back in our marriage um, you know, we weren't trying to shuffle it under the carpet and go, everything is fine. Everything is not fine. We were like, we're like nipping at each other and arguing because we just never see each other. We never connect anymore. We never spend time together. So that was something I think that was, you know, like you said, that was really huge where it's like, okay, you can go, you go with your guy friends, all with my girlfriends. Our friendships are really important, but our relationship has to always be number one and we have to date each other and that has to be important. Right. So yeah, I think that's huge. And that was what we did. We kind of revisited our goals and we're like, how do you feel about our marriage on a scale of one to 10? Do you think it's a 10 out of 10? No, I think it's like a four right now. I love you. And it's no bearing on how much I love you, but we just haven't been putting the time to each other. Do we agree that we got to spend more time? We got to book it in the calendar. We literally like booked date nights, like the year out, booked date weekends, booked it in the calendar like we would book anything else. Because if you don't book it, it's not going to happen, right? Especially when you're so busy and you're so on the go. So that to me, a power couple talks about their goals together and talks about and really evaluates how's our health? 
How's our finances? How's our relationship? How's our parenting? It's not the pointing the finger, well, you do this and I do this and I'm good at this and you suck at this. And it's like, no, if my health is failing, then I have to ask you to help me a little bit so that I can go do a workout, right? Or if our finances suck, well then, and I'm not making any money and I want to be, well then I need you to help me so I can go up my game in my business, right? If our love life sucks or we're not connecting, well then we need to book the time and go and do that together and where do we need to delegate and outsource or do whatever the hell we need to do to put that front and center. So I don't think a power couple has anything to do with how much money you make and the status and the things or the goals that you have. Because sometimes it's not even money and status. It's just like he's a really... Um, you know, kick-ass lawyer, and she's the CEO of a company. Sometimes it's not even, you know, you, you hear power couple and you think two, you know, badass people making moves. It's like, I think power couple is what are you achieving together? And are you happy? And are you, are you on the same plane? Like, are you, are you on the same page with each other? Right? Like, I don't think a day goes by that I don't think we're like on the same page. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, we're constantly asking each other. Mm-hmm. We're constantly checking in. And it's yeah. interesting you said like red flags. I just want to kind of end with that before we wrap up. But um, yeah, there were a lot of red flags. I can remember when we were in our marriage, because we got married in the Catholic church, we're both Catholic, parents are Catholic, the whole bit. Um, and we had to go to the Catholic, um, what am I trying to say? The classes, the pre- Marriage classes. Yeah, yeah. you have to go to the marriage classes if you want to get married in the Catholic church. And I can remember we were talking about money and finances. So they were saying it's like one of the number one things that breaks up marriages. And this gentleman was telling us how his fiance got so ticked at him because he went and bought a truck. He bought like a $20,000 truck with their money or $30,000 truck, however much it was with their money. And he didn't tell her. He just like went it, bought it, like brought it home. And, 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 I, and I don't remember if they were like in dire financial need or like it was the fact that he just, I think it was more the fact that he didn't tell her, which is what like pissed her off. Right. And that's like, I remember we looked at each other and we were like, don't do that. Ever. We're not doing that. Like if you're going to make a big purchase, I'm not telling you, you can't make it. I, we just need to talk about it first. Right. And it's like, that was a big red flag for me is it was like, even for me, cause women, you hear women that, you know, go and spend and spend $5,000 on shoes and hide it from their husband. And I don't think you need to do that. I think you just need to have open conversations about this is what I want. And you know, is this the right time? Do we have the finances to be able to do that? If not, okay, I'm going to work really hard to make that money to be able to go buy this and do that. Right. So I think this needs to be an open line of communication, but that was definitely one red flag for us as we were like, we are not, we're going to make big purchases and not tell each other. And number two, we, we, we had, and again, I know this is going to like raise some, you know, people feel very differently about this, but I just think we should talk about it really quickly. Cheating. Cheating was one thing that we were like, that's a big ass red flag that we will not ever cheat on each other. And I'm passing no judgment because I know couples that that's happened and they're stronger than ever. I know couples that that's happened and they're divorced. And I think, or they're separated, I think to each his own. Again, we're not here to judge and tell you that you should accept it, you shouldn't accept it, it is okay, it's not okay, it's right, it's wrong. No judgment being passed. For us in our relationship, that was a non-negotiable, that we're like, if it ever gets to that point, 
there's been some things going on. This is just our personal beliefs. There's been some things going on that led to that. And we want to nip it in the butt early. And we want to talk about it early. And we want to have those, as difficult as it is, we will have those conversations with each other. As difficult as that is to be like, I don't love you anymore. I'm not attracted to you anymore. I'm thinking about this person. I'm unhappy in this marriage. Whatever those difficult conversations were going to be, we were going to respect each other enough that we were going to have them no matter how hard those difficult conversations needed to be. So I think you need to know those were two of our kind of like red flags and you need to kind of know in your, in your relationship, what are your red flags? Because they're different for everybody. I know people that have very open marriages and relationships and that works for them and like more power to you, right? I'm not here to judge, you know, but you need to, you too need to clearly know what are what's important to you and what your negotiables and non-negotiables are so i think that's being on the same page that's the definition of a power couple looking at the what do we need to get done today and how do we make that happen asking for help from each other throwing out those biases of i'm the money maker you're the money maker this is your role this is my role um all of that i think needs to be thrown out to the curb if you want to be a power couple and you want to wear that term power couple, but get away from that label because power couple means nothing. If you're not happy, I think you're under the underlying messages. If it's not making you happy and you're not happy in your relationship, you gotta talk about it. You gotta have open discussion about it. And you both have to work together to make change, right? Cause it would have been so easy for me to say, well, we don't have dates anymore. When are you going to book some dates and take me out? It's like, no, I went and planned. We both went and planned date nights and weekends away and babysitters and that whole bit. We planned it together, right? So that really, I think, is the key message. Anything you want to leave them with, honey? No, I think that was great. <clears throat> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So if you couldn't tell... I am head over heels for this amazing man that's here on the screen. I know some of y'all can't see. If you're listening to the podcast, you're not seeing that we're filming it here live. But I'm head over heels in this amazing man. I'm so blessed. I have to give him so much credit because, you know, people always ask me, how the hell do you do it all? And if I didn't have a partner like I have, I don't think half the stuff would, would get done. So, Eric, this is me publicly shouting from the rooftops how much I love you. People are probably gagging as they listen to this. But I don't care. Because you have to tell the people in your life that you love them and you're thankful for them. And those little words, thank you, I love you, I appreciate you, I value you, thank you for all you do for me, those little words go a long way. So start to check your engagements if you're married. What are your engagements like with your spouse? Can you go right now and tell them how much you love and appreciate and value them and uh, see where that gets you, right? is going to at least get a smile and some goodness coming up in your relationship. So that is that. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you again next time on the Empowered Life Podcast. You've been listening to the Empowered Life Podcast. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizik.com.